Welcome back to Conti Forum here, Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. The score at the end of two, Boston College on a second period. Power play goal late by Connor Moore leads Merrimack. The score is one to nothing. Shots on goal through two periods are 22 to six in favor of Merrimack, but the Eagles on the strength of that power play goal, their only power play so far of the night, they lead Merrimack here in game one of the Hockey's quarterfinals. The score is one to nothing. I'm Mike Macknick alongside John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you as it always is by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate. That's merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Again, the score here is Boston College 1, Merrimack nothing. And our guest here in the second intermission, he's the Assistant Athletic Director for Communications at Merrimack, Chris Aliano. And uh, we bring him in here now to join us in our second intermission. And Chris, first of all, uh, this game here tonight, boy, I mean, you'd said Merrimack was going to outshoot BC 22-6 to through two periods. You probably would have thought their chances were pretty good, but one power play, and that's the difference right now for Boston Calls. The Eagles 1-for-1 one one on the power play. Merrimack 0-for-2. That's the difference in the game. Yeah, it is, and what a bizarre you know, set of circumstances. I, I, would have, I think we all would have signed up for that shot disparity, and I, I think we would have all safely assumed that Merrimack would have popped one of them. And I really think if they keep plugging away, that's the thing. That's going to be the message in the locker room right now, right? Keep doing what you're doing. Something's got to give. I know Joseph Wall has been one of the best goaltenders probably from January on after World Juniors on, especially in February when they were on that run. But he's he's still beatable, and I think that's just got to be the message in the locker room for Merrimack right now. I, I like the way they've played. Outside of, you know, I think they would have wanted to do a little bit more on those two power plays that they had so far. But you got to, you know, obviously love from a defensive standpoint when they're giving up those six shots so far and limiting the chances and just that one power play. Yeah, I think if you look back to last weekend and maybe they draw on that right now, I don't know what they're talking about between periods, but that's what I, I one of the things I'd be drawing on is, you know, they were in this position against Lowell as well in one of the games, down by a goal on the road at the end of two periods. And maybe, you know, hadn't played quite as well as they have so far tonight, but still down by a goal and found a way in the third period to get it done. So that maybe that's one of the things, you know, Boston College, a very young team, no seniors on the team. Well, one senior, but still, you know, transfer student. And Merrimack's got a good amount of, of experience on their guys who have been in games like this before. So see if they can draw on that in the third period here. It's a great point. I mean, going back to the last three years, right, the UNH series, the being down in that uh, game down, obviously, and the fact that they needed overtime in that game. Those guys that were Maybe fresh. they can just get the overtime tonight, right? I was going to say, before we even get to that, uh, you know, the guys that were freshmen on that team, the Derek, Perry, Derek Petties and Ludwig Larsons of the world, who had great playoff experience and knew what it was like to come down from not only a game down, but obviously uh, when they were down in one of those games, they came back and extended that series. Uh, they're battle tested. They're juniors now, and I think that senior class, obviously, uh, they're going to come out firing. They've also had that experience, obviously, um, and they're not going to want their careers to end, clearly. So I'm, I'm really going to look at what kind of energy they come out to start the third. I'd be stunned if they don't come out and carry it. Um, to start the period as well. And again, just look look at Lowell last weekend. I think there's obviously a sense of urgency that you need, but kind of a, a calm sense of confidence in knowing that, hey, we've done this before. We've been there before. And going overtime and winning five straight overtime games, you know, in the back of your head, you obviously probably don't want it to get to overtime, but that's got to make them feel a little bit better too. Uh, we have a chance to talk more hockey. I want to do so, but I want to make sure we talk basketball. And big uh, games this weekend. The men's basketball team is out in Syracuse, New York at LeMoyne University uh, playing in the NCAA tournament. I know they play tomorrow against Bridgeport. Give us all the details and uh, how folks can follow along with the game tomorrow. Well, obviously it was uh, a nice uh, finish to the season for them, obviously getting a home quarterfinal game in the NE10 championships. 
Um, they lost to LeMoyne, obviously, in, in the semifinals of the NE10s, and I think they'd love to have another crack at them. But good news and bad news is that uh, you, know, you have to win two games to get another crack at LeMoyne, but that's probably a good thing because LeMoyne is the top seed in the region, uh, the right to host the eight-team regional again for the second year in a row. Um, first things first, got to get past the Bridgeport team that's top 25 nationally ranked team. Uh, they've got some players. I think I think Joe Gallo's squad likes that matchup a little bit more than they might have uh, with St. Thomas Aquinas or, or even obviously LeMoyne, who they've had trouble with in two games this season. Uh, 12 o'clock start. Uh, we've got all the links to, to watch, to follow at Merrimack MBB on Twitter and Instagram, obviously at MerrimackAthletics.com. We'll get you uh, directed towards where you can watch the free webcast, obviously. Uh, we'll have you covered in all that regards. It's going to be a great game. Uh, you win. You've got the semifinals on Sunday. The regional final would be Tuesday. And that, of course, barring any more crazy weather, I don't think they will. But I know la- I know last year it snowed one day, and I think the regional final was played between two teams that weren't LeMoyne, and essentially uh, they had a blizzard, it was an empty house, and it was on, like, Wednesday. So I, I told Mike Sullivan, who worked with me, Brad Davis, I told him, hey, I hope I don't see you until next Wednesday, because that means they'd be out there playing until the finals. Um, but it's going to be a great, great weekend of hoops. Um, and obviously, yeah, we'll be pulling for Merrimack and, and watching from here. Uh, we'll have that result when we go on the air tomorrow night to talk about it and hopefully uh, celebrate. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be talking, too, about the next round matchup uh, as well tomorrow night. Uh, what else is going on sports-wise at Merrimack? Uh, Michaela Purnell out in Kansas, uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas, competing uh, in the 60-meter and the 200-meter. Last I heard, I didn't see her 60-meter score, but she had the second-fastest 200-meter heat at the end of day one, so she's on to the finals tomorrow. I mean, it's crazy, right? Six years ago with no track, with a, a young, budding track program. Uh, and then six years later, Carly Mascaro is a six-time national champion who graduated, obviously, and it's great to see Michaela Purnell, a junior, kind of take that torch in the sprint events, carry it there. Um, so I know she'll be running in the 200-meter finals tomorrow, which we'll also hopefully have updated by the time we go on the air tomorrow night. Uh, I think it's safe to say she will be an All-American. I think that's, I think top eight make it, and she's already in the top eight, so she'll be locked into being an All-American, which is incredible for that program, which six, seven years ago when it was born, who would have thought it? And now they've got the facility. They're clearly on the national radar, uh, and we'll be rooting for her, and hopefully she'll be running the 60 meters, too. I didn't uh, get a chance to update that, but she's out there in Kansas, um, and our softball team's competing in Florida. Looks like they went 2-0 today. I know they won the first game. Uh, baseball's off this weekend. Uh, lacrosse doubleheader, home doubleheader tomorrow at, uh, at Merrimack Stadium. The women's team playing defending national champion Adelphi. Their first time at Merrimack Stadium. Uh, the men's team will look to go 3-0. Both teams are off to an awesome start. Women's lacrosse just beat Stonehill for, we're safely saying, the first time ever. Uh, I, I, got, I go as far back as 2000, and they, they were 0-28 up before 2000. Uh, so great win on the road for them this week. Uh, Julie Duffy's got them off playing great. And obviously the men's team got a lot of confidence. Uh, two 16-goal wins to start the year uh, in, a, in a big regional matchup with LIU Post tomorrow. It's, you know, every game is regional and every matchup is important, but that's a team that uh, will be you know nipping you at the heels for that NCAA spot. And just four teams that get in, uh, you know, every one of those wins is important. Uh, well, before we let you go here, maybe a question better set for Will O'Leary, but good crowd here, uh, Merrimack crowd. You know how many buses, and uh, you know, does it look like the same will be in store for tomorrow night's game? I think more tomorrow night. Uh, there were, I think, at last check, at least 70 students signed up for tomorrow. 
that's either two or three buses, at least two. I'm not sure if they filled up a third one, but crowd's awesome. Uh, obviously, it helps with BC students being on spring break for the most part. You can come in, take over this building, and I mean, it's been a pro Merrimack crowd this whole night. Uh, it certainly helps the team. Uh, but it'll be just as uh, frenzied tomorrow night. Hopefully, they've got uh, you know a couple goals in store for them to send that crowd in a frenzy in the third period, and uh, we'll take from there. But no, Will did a great job, and he was literally running the point uh, to get this fan bus to happen this week with uh, other folks in the department busy with basketball uh, from an administrative standpoint. But uh, Will's the man. He did a great job. Will Willie. All right, Chris, thanks again. We appreciate it. Uh, great as always. Uh, third period coming up here with BC leading by the score one to nothing, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again down the road because it means we'll keep playing. Absolutely, <laughs> and I just realized it's his birthday, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday, Mike Magnick. Uh, you guys, again, hopefully we'll uh, get to do this again, if not later this series, hopefully next weekend, like you said. Uh, but if not, once again, another phenomenal year. You guys are the best. Thank you for everything you do. Thanks, Chris. All, all I'd like for my birthday, a couple goals in the third period, so we'll see what happens. Me too. All right, thanks, guys. All right, that's Chris Aliano, the Assistant Athletic Director for Communications at Merrimack. Score after two, BC one, Merrimack nothing. John and I are back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.